0: I love I can't say you didn't know. I'm nope. never giving it up. I nope. just love it so much I yep. love. I love fishing. Man, I love fishing. This is what I do. I can't say you didn't know. I'm nope. never
1: giving it up. I nope. just love
0: it so much, I yep. love. I love fishing.
1: Man, I love fishing. From deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast, brought to you by Texas Fishing Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Von Warnke, the Outdoor Success Guy, back with another episode this week. Really excited to be back with you guys again. We're going to talk this episode about fall fishing, and a lot of you guys are out in the woods. A lot of you guys are out in the water. A lot of you guys are dreaming about being out in the water. As one of the list, listeners said the other day, he said, You know, this is as close as I get to the outdoors sometimes. And by goodness, that makes me feel good. So, um, that's one reason why this podcast is here is to serve you guys. And, you know, a lot of people think that me, Dustin Von Warnke, the outdoor success guy, I'm out on the woods in the water all the time. Um, you know, I work hard just like you guys do. I put in long hours and everything. I, the time I do get to spend outdoors, I really cherish and, and appreciate. And, um, I just, uh, I, I just, I try to just relish every moment I get to spend outside. Uh, and as Chester Moore says, who's been a uh, frequent guest on this show, if you don't like the outdoors, you're just weird, you know, <laughs> because there's just so much great things to do. You can hike out there, you can boat, you can kayak, you can um, just enjoy God's creation and all its splendor. Um, you can you can hunt you can fish you can camp you can do all kinds of different things with your family um it's just a great place to connect with nature and uh, my whole goal as i said in this last show that we did is just to keep the wild from dying you know keep uh keep the things that are important to us as hunters and fishermen and outdoorsmen that enjoy the sport alive and the heritage and everything is there in the sport of what we do but also to educate other people and um to uh to just carry the torch high and uh in the regard of of taking care of each other and um you know taking care of those that aren't necessarily our friends and are sometimes against us in hunting and fishing uh in the outdoor sports and um you know just appreciating and seeking first to understand then to be understood so there you go well thank you guys so much again today i've got a great episode for you matt williams back on the podcast again had him on last i believe it was november um It was maybe in December, but we talked about fall bass fishing back then, and I wanted to have him back on because this is a fantastic time to be out in the water, whether you're fresh or saltwater fishing. Uh, we haven't done a freshwater show in a while, so I wanted to cover the bases on that and uh, do something with catfish, bass, and striped bass. Uh, obviously, black bass, largemouth bass, uh, catfish, and uh, striped bass is kind of the main ones to target this time of the year, and I do a lot of different. Fishing excursions with my son this time of year. I'm getting ready to head out. Uh, Actually, the week that this airs, I'm going to be going to Crosswater Outfitters, which is my fishing ministry in uh, Belton, Texas, is where it's based. Actually, I believe it's based in Temple. But anyway, long story short, um, it's just a great place to connect with uh, wounded soldiers, their families, uh, guys that are getting out of the military. And I give a devotion there called The New Normal. I did a podcast live from there the last time we did this back in April and um don't know if I'll do one this year or there but uh really had a great time with uh uh let's see who was it Dennis and um terry uh from that ministry leadership in that ministry and i give a uh, like i say a talk called the new normal at the uh, saturday part of the devotion and it's kind of a a spirit-filled faith-filled uh you know talk that i give uh, about having hope and i try to give hope in all my facebook videos that i do and all the different things that i do out there um and inspiration and motivation everything else so if you've not done so check me out on facebook check out my youtube channel Um, Easy to find at dustinsprojects.com, that's dustinsprojects.com. You can read some of my work and see some of my videos as well at fishgame.com. That's fishgame.com, the Texas Fishing Game, Texas Outdoor Nation website and blog. And, um, anyway, I really look forward to spending this time with you guys and, uh, in whatever capacity you're in and whether you're in the outdoors hunting right now or fishing or on the water, wherever you are. Um, I just like spending this time with you every couple of weeks just to get you grounded back to what's important. And, you know, I talk tactical and practical a lot, but on the last show we talked about the kind of essence of why we hunt and fish and, uh, some of the deeper things around, uh, the wildlife and, uh, the nature, you know, complex and all the different things that have going on uh this time of year so uh, anyway here's my interview with mr matt williams and we will see you guys on the other end of this episode with a reminder to check out all of our newsletters and um all the awesome things we have going on at fishgame.com you can read the digital issue of the magazine every month there um really in some cases the native issue you can read for free or you can subscribe to the digital issue which is really cool um, and read it that way on your phone, uh, through our blog. And also you can read the paper magazine or the print magazine rather anytime like that. So Matt Williams, just to give you some background, if you've not heard him before, uh, Texas fishing game columnist, uh, feature article writer, many, many fishing features he's written over the years. He writes for several different newspapers and magazines. He is a full-time outdoor writer and, uh, just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to boating and fishing and, um you know, all types of, and styles of, um, of, of getting out there and getting things done in the water. Uh, Matt Williams does it. And I really look forward to what I was looking forward to having him on the show. And I'm really happy that he came on. And, uh, now that this, uh, this show is airing, uh, just have him back on. is just great. So here's my interview with Mr. Matt Williams. Joining me on the phone, Mr. Matt Williams, Texas Fishing Game columnist and uh, feature article writer. How are you doing today, Mr. Matt? I'm
0: doing good. and You?
1: Oh, better than I deserve is my usual answer, and I'm just feeling great. It just—I've wanted to have you back on the show for a while to talk about some freshwater fishing stuff because we've talked a lot about hunting and saltwater lately, and just excited to have you back on the show.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you're always a, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to freshwater fishing, and that's why I wanted to have you back on. Um, so, one of the things I want to talk about on this episode is um, things that we do as preparing for, I mean, a lot of people are out in the woods hunting and that kind of stuff this time of year. This is a great time of year to go after those big, largemouth bass, is it not?
0: Oh, no question, and it's, you know, it's also a a good time to catch a lot of numbers, Dustin, because, yes. you know, fish are, fish are bunching up. Uh a lot of them are chasing shad. You know, the shad are going to start start their movements up the creeks, like they do every every year when the water starts cooling down. And and uh, those bass, you know, you find your find your shad, you're going. To, the bass aren't going to be very far away. Yes. Lots of schooling action. Uh, but I mean, it's just a it's a good time of the year to be fishing. Like you said, a lot of people are in the, in the woods uh, or or. Getting ready to be in the woods, and and the lakes are going to be less pressured, less fishermen on the water, and uh, you know, which that just adds to the adds to the good fishing. You take away that pressure, and the, the, the you know, it just adds up to good fishing.
1: No, that's good to know. And the other thing I like about the winter months and and the fall months is that it kind of gets rid of those pleasure boaters as much. You know, a lot of us hunters, a lot of us fishermen don't really care for the folks that are, that are skiing all the time, you know, (laughs) out there in the summer. Right. right. (laughs) You know, know, it's
0: just a lot more, it's a lot more pleasant to be out on the water. You know, the temperatures are cooler and uh, it's just, you know, it's been a pretty torrid summer here, especially here in East Texas. It's,
1: Oh sure! It's supposed to be
0: ninety degrees here in Nacogdoches today, but <laughs> hopefully we'll get some get some changes coming here before long.
1: And it's October, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, I know it.
0: I'd uh, hate to have been on a bow stand this morning.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty. Well, if not just that, you got that, and you've got the mosquitoes and everything else, you know, that clobber you this time of year in the bow stand. I mean, I've I got my thermocell uh, mosquito repellent thing going on. I was hog hunting this past weekend with, uh, some family members at uh, a ranch I work for. And I was just like, man, you know, those, uh, you know, those, those October sits are kind of hard sometimes, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, they'll eat you
1: alive. Well, if you don't protect yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, No, that's good. Um, So tell me about what some of your best baits are for this time of year, walking into the winter as well, uh, your January, you know, just after Christmas months and stuff like that. I just kind of wanted to give a forecast on what you're really throwing this time of year.
0: Well, I mean, fall kind of opens the door to a lot of different patterns. Dustin, I mean, you can – you know, on your lakes where you have have hydrilla, um, you know, we've had a lot of rain, and it's changed the lake levels a lot. Yes. But typically, fall is a period of the year when your lakes are at their lowest levels because of summer. Summer, you know, you're, you're, you've got less water coming in. Than you have going out, so the lake levels typically drop, and uh, and that's uh, that's the case on some of the lakes in East Texas. We we've had some some big rains up around Dallas, and it's it's got everything. You know, it, it's raised a lot of the, wa- the water levels up in that part of the country, but but down here, several of the lakes are still fairly low. And on lakes that have hydrilla, your hydrilla is going to be matted you know, pretty close to the surface if not on top. And what that enables you to do is follow your creek channels a lot easier than you can when you can't see the grass because with, with the grass on top you can visibly see it and it enables you to uh follow your creek channels and and stay on the edges and fish at the edges of that grass where the fish tend to be positioned. They they, they use the edges of that grass to uh as ambush points to, to ambush shad and other bait fish when they, when they, they swim by. Right. Uh, So fishing your creek channels is, is a very, uh, good pattern on grass lakes this time or any lake this time of the year, because the shad are going to be going up the creeks, but you're going to have, you know, a lot of top water action. You're going to have, you know, fish that are gonna be hitting frogs, uh, spooks, pop bars and whatnot, but you're also you know, gonna be able to catch fish on on moving baits, such as you know, uh, square bills, uh, spinner baits, bladed jigs, you know, the chatterbait and stuff like that. Or a lot of times those fish, if they're not relating to grass, they may be bunched up in in a creek bend, you know, down in the bottom of the creek itself, and right. if you find those fish setting in that creek bend, you know, with, you can set in one spot with a Texas rig and uh, just sit there and and wear them out, you know, because and then once you get them stirred up, they may actually start schooling on the surface, you know, and then you <laughs> can go start catching them on top water or rattle trap or, or baits like that, right. But in addition to that, you're also going to have a lot of fish uh, still relating to your uh, hard bottom structure out on the main lake or around brush piles. that uh, those fish can be caught on, you know, spoons, uh, shaky heads, Carolina rigs, uh, you know, crank baits and stuff like that. Like I said, it, it opens up the door to a wide variety of patterns where you can catch fish in a number of different ways.
1: That's awesome, and I you know, I do the hotspot fishing reports for for a lot of the lakes in in, um, in central east and north Texas, and I um, I really. I find it interesting that a lot of the reports are close to the same when it comes to you know con- concentrating on those creeks, you know, concentrating <laughs> on um, you know upriver or whatever the case may be, wherever the bass are moving. And you, you just like you said earlier in the podcast, the 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 more that you concentrate on where the bait is, the more you're going to find the fish.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how the bass make their living. You right, know, is right. around dad, and that's that's where they're going to be
1: eat and breed that's what they do right right
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. and they're going to be eating a lot this time of year they to
1: feed up right
0: oh you know when the old old sayings is you know they know the the days are getting shorter and the uh nights are getting longer and they know that that winter's around the corner and they're stacking on some you know extra weight winter but you know that's that's well, there's any truth to that i mean i don't know what a fish thinks but
1: uh <laughs> sometimes it, it makes wonder. Sense.
0: i mean it, it it seems that's the way that that, that seems like that's the way they operate
1: well chester moore our editor-in-chief i don't know if you saw his video Matt, or not but um on facebook live i recorded him actually interviewing a florida bass while we were in iCast in florida
0: mm-hmm <laughs> What
1: did he say? <laughs> and the Florida bass did not have anything to say. He was tight lipped on the whole deal. Yeah. So anyway, but no, it was just kind of a funny thing. We were just making the comment that fish can sometimes be smarter than us when it comes to what they eat. But yeah. that's why there's Bassmaster and, you know, all these elite series and all this different stuff. Um, obviously major league fishing and all that stuff that's going on. Um, you know, because it is such a challenge to to outsmart them at their own game.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, it is a challenge, no doubt, and they will humble you. you
1: yeah, know. that's where I'm going with that. If they will humble one you, one day you
0: think you've got them figured out, and the next day you find out that you don't. You know,
1: right? That's,
0: that's just the way it works.
1: Can we talk for a minute? You and I talked about this on our pre 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 show recording um, when we when we were just talking earlier this week. What's going on with bass and major league fishing right now?
0: Oh man, it's been a huge shake up over the last few weeks it's uh, uh major league fishing uh back in you know early september announced they were uh starting a a new tour called the bass pro tour and, right. uh, by invitation only and going to be an eighty angler field and uh invitations were sent out and to an undisclosed list, you know the the, the list was not made public. Right. Till just slowly but surely over the last week and a half or so, anglers who w- received those invitations, uh, you know, made their decisions, and and major league fishing allowed them to do that on their own. You know, most of them did it via pay- Facebook or Instagram. Right. Uh, but that list of people, the, the, the field is now full. Uh, they made that announcement a couple of days ago. Right. That list includes 68, uh, anglers from the, uh, Bassmaster Elite Series 11 from the FLW tour and one that was non affiliated, you know, hadn't fished either to us, right. a boat builder from uh, Missouri. But, uh, that list includes, you know, uh, just about every heavy hitter in the sport. You know, it, it, um, I'm working on a story on it right now. And, uh, it, um, includes, um, let
1: me put my glasses on. So I can okay. <laughs> it's fine. I was just making the uh, point that it, it's a big deal. It includes out.
0: more than a dozen Bassmaster Classic champions, six FLW Cup champions, Golly. and a combined total of 16 Angler of the Year winners from, you know, those two tours. Right. Uh, I mean, so, and the thing is, is they're not, it's, they're not saying that they can't fish other tours, but they're the, the tournaments are going to overlap. So it's going to make it it's
1: impossible. Make it exclusive. Other so, right.
0: uh, it's been a big, big shakeup, you know, and it's like, like we talked about the other day. It's, it's going to be good for the sport. It's, uh, going to create, uh, competition. Uh, you know, Bassmaster and FLW both run great circuits. And, uh, this one uh, is just going to add to the mix, and it's going to create a whole different dynamic to the sport. You know, Major League Fishing has has uh, created a great following on with their made-for-TV, you know, format. Sure. Uh, and uh, it, it's going to be real interesting to see how it all unfolds. The fishermen have been working towards this
1: uh, yes.
0: for years to create, you know, a league where I guess where they feel like they have more say so and can yes. be being more in control of their own destiny, so to speak, and uh, they they think this is the route, you know, that's gonna that this is gonna be the avenue that's gonna allow them to do that. And like I said, it'll be real interesting to see how all this unfolds in the in the coming months and the in years, you know, to see. See just see how
1: it all shakes out. Right. Well, thanks for putting on your glasses and looking at the stats on that on that article you're working on. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I, I,
1: I needed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that goes. You got to put it on your cheater sometimes. So uh, that's good. Um, one of the things that as we move into October and and obviously we're in October now, but as we move into the winter months. Um, one of the things that i do and i'm probably going to miss this year but i've done it the last five or six years is i make a trek to east texas to go fish for uh big blue cats on lake conroe um and and one of the best strategies we use is jug lines three three hook jug lines uh mud cat fishing jugs is who we use and it's a good buddy of our fishing ministry crosswater outfitters that makes those and um uh, we just load the boat. I mean, this is the time of year to catch eaters. This is the time of year to catch um, to catch the big ones that you catch and release. You know, I think the biggest one we've caught on one of my trips is 65 pounds.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And uh, any any strategy talk about that because I wanted to talk about that as well. Catfish in the winter.
0: Oh, I mean your your uh, passive fishing techniques like like your jug lining sure. that you mentioned are they're they're effective you know you know if a guy's looking to catch fish to eat uh i mean that's i enjoy i enjoy jug line i enjoy i enjoy trot line
1: sure and uh
0: setting stump hooks is another option especially that's that's really popular on the uh upper end of Toledo bend in years when it it again here's another one of those fall deals when the lake levels drop right upper end of Toledo Bend is just one big huge forest of stumps once you get above Huxley Bay yep. it's just it's just a big huge expanse of stumps and those stumps line the creek channels and uh my good friend Charlie Shively owns uh, Bill's Landing on the Texas side on the upper end and it's it's a it's a trotliners hub really so to speak. and there's a lot of people go over there in the fall and set stump hooks uh on the edges of the creeks and they catch some huge flatheads as well as blues because you know those those the the low water pushes those fish off the flats and they patrol those creeks you know, to feed at night, and that's you know they bait up with live perch. It's just a single hook on a on a stump, and uh, they catch some huge fish over there this time of year. And you know, the I know Charlie he he releases the majority at anything over thirty pounds. He right. goes, he cuts them loose. But uh, you know, passive fishing like like that is a is a great option. But there's also a growing contingent of anglers who are targeting these big fish with rod and reels. Yes. Uh, a lot of different lakes. And then that's, that's a really popular deal from, uh, you know, fall on up through the winter and the colder it gets, it seems like the better it gets. Cause those, the shad start to ball up over the, over the deep water. And these, these guys are, these guys that do this, that guide and stuff like this, that, I mean, that. They've got it figured out, you know, on their electronics what to look for and, and how to fish for these these big fish, how, how to locate these big fish around those balls of shad, you yep. know, and they they catch them drift fishing, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. mostly for you know fresh, fresh or fresh cut shad or or live shad, you know. That's that's the ticket.
1: That's and, the uh, debate of choice for us too on Lake Conroe. Yeah, I was just going to say that
0: and I mean speaking of Conroe here like 2 weeks ago I I saw there was a uh, like a 10 year old boy from he's, he I'm not sure where he was from but he was fishing with a guide at Conroe and caught a uh, New Lake Record junior angler record uh, blue I, I, weighed fifty pounds, caught it on ten pound line and an ultralight oh, rig. Yeah. Eight <laughs> ounce crappie jig. An, ultra, a, <laughs> an yeah. ultralight
1: an rig for a fifty pound cat. Wow.
0: Had an eight <laughs> ounce crappie jig with a three inch thread fin shad on it
1: wow that catfish probably just took that thing and ran with it man oh yeah know. they
0: had to chase him down <laughs> pull him the reel, you know but the kid managed to land the fish you know
1: that's a hoss of a catfish too I mean, oh
0: yeah
1: Good i mean lord you,
0: i mean a fish like that i mean that's a uh that's a that's a powerful powerful critter you know you can just imagine what that'd be like on an ultralight with 10
1: pound line and a 10 year old too. I mean, one of those
0: deals do? that had everything have to go. Just a- exactly.
1: Right. You have to line up the, the stars that have to line up in alignment. right? Yeah. yeah, that's right for sure. So no, it's just yeah. one of those things that it's, it just kind of blows. And I love to see kids catch those big fish because it gets them hooked on the sport early and they pass that on to their next generation. And I mean, that's how we spread the love of this sport. I think, you know, I talk about that just oh, yeah. every show.
0: Oh it's uh no doubt i mean it's a that's a lifetime memory uh that you're never gonna forget I mean yeah. we've all got' them. Uh, you yeah. know those different things that 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 we remember that we remember from our childhoods that that hooked us on this sport and i mean that 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 kid there i mean he's he'll never forget that.
1: Yeah, he hooks for life for sure after you catch something yeah. like that. Especially something that's a junior lake record like that that you can really hang on the wall and you know, tell all your friends about to school, you know. <laughs> so that doesn't mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I
0: mean it's kinda like a kid going out, you know, ten years old and killing a boon and crockett buck on his first deer hunt. Right. You know?
1: Where do you go from there? Yeah, where do you go from there? <laughs> you know, I say that all the time on this show. So, no, that's a good point. But, you know... Um I'm getting ready two weeks from now, I think the week that this episode will air, I'm going to go to Lake Belton here in Central Texas, where I live, and we're going to catch a bunch of eaters. We do a soldiers uh, fishing ministry thing with Crosswater Outfitters uh, for for soldiers getting out of the military and their families, and I know a lot of people that listen to the show have heard me talk about this before, but... um, Jug lines aren't just a great idea to catch a lot of a a lot of big catfish passive fishing like you say but it's also the case with catching a lot of the numbers you know fill in the boat and and we do a fish fry every Saturday night when we do this so we depend on those numbers to make our fish fry sure
0: yeah I mean like I said it's it that's a good way to good way to catch numbers and I mean it's a it's a fun way to fish it's one of those deals where you the thing about jug lining and, and any kind of passion you, you never know what's gonna be on there.
1: Right. And and Belton is usually a gar, you know, and I usually cook those up just as well. So <laughs> a gar yeah. will usually be caught at least two or three times in that trip, but it's mainly catfish, you know what I'm saying.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I I've always and I I enjoy it.
1: Well, and the one thing I was gonna say for anybody that does want to jug line this time of year. Our rule with our fishing ministry, and that's typically where I do probably 95% of my jug lining, is uh, our rule is basically to uh, do three hooks instead of five. The state allows you five, but three hooks makes the most sense because you've got less issues to get tangled on, you've got less things to get hooks stuck in a finger, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of moving parts with the jug line, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's something I was going to mention, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Three hooks is plenty. You can cover the cover the water column.
1: Right, know. that's where I was going with that. Cover the water yeah. column, yeah, you know, you can depth, cover depth the water.
0: Yeah. Just yeah. fine with three hooks.
1: No, I figure that's what you'd say. And um, you
0: use circle hooks on your jugs?
1: Uh, circular kale. Yeah. I mean, Uh kale, both of them work well, but I'm more of a fan for circle hook because it kind of closes the deal in itself and it hooks them on the side of the mouth, you know, and gets a good hook set. But I mean, a lot of guys on our ministry team will use, uh, we'll use kale hooks with good success too. But what's your preference?
0: Oh, circle hooks all the way. Yeah,
1: I think so too. Yeah. So those of us that own jugs do that, but it's just a great time to get outdoors, man. The weather's cooling down. I mean, I know it's like 90 degrees today, but, uh, it's, it's, it's just a lot more comfortable to fish in. And, um, I just, I love the sport and I just love getting kids hooked on it. And I love, um, I love giving back to our to our soldiers that served us, uh, which I'm getting ready to do this next weekend, and um, you know it's just a great time to be out there. As far as bass goes, one of the things I was going to mention as well is one of the things I throw this time of year is a swim jig uh, or swim bait um, on. I forget what eighth uh, is. I forget what jig head I use, but I use Z-Man because the they float. And the tails float a little bit above the, um, uh, you know, where, where where your jig head's on the bottom, the tail will actually float up, so it looks even more so like a wounded bait fish. Do you have any experience with that?
0: Are you talking about a swim bait? Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Sw-
1: yeah, swim bait on a uh, on a like a, a mustad hook. Um, the um, and I don't have a ton of experience with this, but they make a a swim bait rig, a weighted swim bait rig. Mustad does and Gamakatsu does as well. And basically, um, Z-Man makes the uh, swim shad or I forget what they call them, but basically, they're, um, they're all of their uh, soft plastics like their swim baits uh, float. You know, so it's kind of more realistic, I guess, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it must probably have a like a more of a tail up approach. Bu- buoyancy, yeah, that's bottom, what I'm tra- you know? yeah.
1: yeah, buoyancy is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and
0: swim right. bait. I mean, it, I I fish those a lot. You know, when I'm fishing a swim bait, I'll throw it on a, uh, I normally, I like a a, a weighted belly hook.
1: Yeah, know? that's where I'm going with that. That's what I, I just don't have all the vernacular at, at the present moment to say that, but a weighted belly hook is what I'm talking about, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's another good choice, you know, because they do, you know, you get your, your pearl and your, your white patterns, you know, that's perfect, perfect shad imitator. Okay, you know, totally. But the... And you can fish it a lot around. You know, you can. It comes through cover really well. If you want to throw it up around pads and and uh, scattered grass and it's stuff like that, you know, or you can you can uh, fish it on a on a heavier a heavier style hook, or even with a jig head and and get it. You know, fish it deeper in the water column if you need to, if that's where the fish are positioned.
1: Well, it's one of the things that I wanted to ask the expert because that's what I've been throwing lately, you know, and I just want to make sure that I'm doing it right. <laughs> uh-huh. so, well, swim bait's a good choice okay, in the fall.
0: Good. It's a good choice any time of year, really, especially but you know, fall through the winter and early spring. It it tends to work best in, you know, clear water situations. Right. You know, when you, it, I don't like one if it's if it's a. A lot of dirty water because it's more of a sight thing. You know, they need able to see it.
1: No, I understand that. It's just one of those things that I, um, you know, the Chatterbait's another one that I use this time of year that's, that's paid off very successfully, and um, Z-Man obviously is, the I think, the inventor of the Chatterbait, the bladed jig, uh, mm-hmm. that th- they call the Chatterbait, and I mean, those have been effective for me, too. You mentioned that earlier as being an effective one, and it's just kind of neat to, to to work those in the water, because they, they're kind of an interesting style that you present your bait to your bass, so...
0: Oh, chatterbaits, deadly, and it's a it catches big
1: fish. Right, you know, the lots of big fish caught on
0: chatterbaits. I don't yeah. I don't know, you know. It's it's a combination of a of a, you know, the majority of the big fish in Texas have been caught on a jig, and this just put you know puts a
1: a blade on a jig, yeah, a blade
0: on the front of right. it, and and it, it they just they'll eat it, and and it'll work. In clear water, or it works well. and it'll even work in in dirtier, muddy water. You know, I I tend to uh, prefer a, a darker color like you know black and blue if the water's muddy. Uh, sure, but yeah, that's good. It, they will they'll hammer it. You know, and you know you can you can fish it so many you can you can fish it different ways. I mean, I I fish it a lot with a um, trim the skirt about an inch long and then put a swim bait like a uh, Lake Fork Shad.
1: Okay, sure.
0: Uh, That gives it a whole different action, you know, because – not only do you have the, the vibration of the jig working for you, but you've also got that swim bait working for you behind it now.
1: Right. It's kind of a combination, one-two punch kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. It is, it's a deadly combination. These are the strategies I have Matt Williams on the show for right here, folks. So, you know. But um, one of the things I was going to ask you real quick before we get off the phone is – um. You know, I know you're not a huge striped bass fisherman, striper fisherman, but you recently, went I say recently, this year, you went on a trip with, um, with Striper Express, who's a good friend of our show, our podcast, uh, Bill Carey, Striper Express on Lake Texoma. Do you want to talk basically about the strategies on on striper? I mean, it's not really complicated. I was just gonna. Oh no! It,
0: we fished it. It was a wintertime trip. I fished with uh, with Chris.
1: Yeah, Chris Carey, his son. Yep. And.
0: We we spent a lot you know, Chris knows where those fish live. If you've never fished with him folks, you need to make a trip up there because he's a really cool guy. Oh, yeah.
1: He's a cool but, dude.
0: Yeah. Uh anyway, you know, we just spent a lot of time running running points, you know, with stumps and fishing swim baits and those fish were up there feeding on those on those points, you know, and and uh caught some really nice fishing. I mean you talk about you talk about a hard pulling fish now, stripers
1: yeah. no. They're, they're bulls. Yeah, uh, they're tough. They're they're rough. Well, I wrote an article on kayaking for carp, and I always said you put a striper next to a carp, you know, pound for pound, I still think a carp would win, but a striper's a darn good adversary, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they you will fight. You get
0: one of those 20-pounders. Uh, I, but I know what you're saying about carp, too. I fish for those a lot. Years ago, I used to fish for them a bunch.
1: and They don't uh, play the game to lose, do they, Matt?
0: No, no, they're just, <laughs> just, they
1: just—they don't quit. <laughs> they don't quit at all, even if you get them up to the boat, they don't really ever surrender, you know, striper's yeah. like that too. But I was just making that comparison. But, no, I mean, it's a great time to fish live bait for striper, but also I just wanted to bring this up on a Freshwater Podcast. One thing that um, Striper Express does really well is artificial only. Isn't that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they do a lot of, you know, you're using swim baits and stuff like that in the wintertime, but then, you know, they always have a huge – topwater season up there in the late spring yes uh, that's uh i've never made it up there to do that with them but i I need to make that trip and uh and but that that's how they catch a lot of fish in the late spring is they they catch them on topwaters
1: right Right. And yeah. that, that's explosive to watch a, a striper hit a topwater. I've seen plenty of video and I have experienced some of it in person too, especially with, with striped bass and white bass hitting those top waters, the Zara spooks or whatever you want to throw out there, the pencil poppers and that kind of stuff. But um, Oh, they're aggressive. They're you know. they're so aggressive. I mean they they sit there and they just they, they just sla- they either slap it with their tail or they'll um they'll go back through and uh and just nail that thing i mean it's just it's a it's explosive it's like watching a a, a largemouth bass hit a buzzbait you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah the water just explodes you know? Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: yeah it's kind of like well I, I don't know if i could if i would compare it to a peacock bass because i've i've never seen an explosion like that <laughs> anywhere over in this part of the world
1: where were you fishing for peacock bass back in the day oh
0: i've been over to the amazon a couple of
1: times oh cool good no it was
0: just an incredible incredible trip
1: they hit it really hard i'm sure oh i've seen the video. you know it
0: they just it's like somebody dropping a uh interstate battery in the water second <laughs> four you know i mean that's
1: <laughs> it's kaplush wow yeah that's and uh, it's,
0: uh they just they're, they're so violent you know and and, and they jump and it, it's just wild wow that's great yeah
1: that's that's awesome, but I don't want to keep you too much longer. We're at about the 30-minute mark, and I just wanted to have you back on because you're just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Freshwater, and you're a Freshwater editor, of course, and people can check you out at uh, fishgame.com through our digital magazine or our print magazine every month in the mailbox if you subscribe. Uh, how else can they connect with you, Matt?
0: Oh, I, I write for a bunch of uh, newspaper publications around the uh, East Texas area. Uh, you know, just that—that's really about it. I don't have a website or anything. That's
1: fine. You—you you don't. You, are you on Facebook often? I forget. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay. but
0: I—I don't—I don't post a lot of stuff on yeah. Facebook.
1: That's fine. I'm just curious. Um, you know, I just, I like you older salts at this because you guys have the experience. It's just to get you on a medium, like a podcast that younger listeners listen to. It's kind of cool because it's like a mixing of the generations, you know what I'm saying? So, right. Well, I'm not that old now. I didn't say you were, I'm just messing with you. (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm just saying that it's, uh, you know, that it's just one of those things where, uh, a lot of guys in your generation, is what I'm saying, don't even know what a podcast is in a lot of cases. So, um, right, yeah, right, it's just yeah. kind of cool to have a guy like you on the show with this much knowledge and experience you have of boating and fishing and, and freshwater stuff, um, you know, to kind of educate us is what I'm trying to say. I'm giving you a compliment. I, it, it, wisdom is oh, where I I'm going. I appreciate it. Wisdom is where I'm going. So, Yeah, <laughs> <anyway>. yeah. <laughs> but,
0: Speaking of wisdom, folks, you know, this podcast, In this cold weather, this cold water coming up that we're going to have, you know, in the coming months, always wear your life jackets when you're on the water. Always wear your life jackets.
1: Yep. Yep. I think, um, I think I think that that's a really good idea. is just to try to uh, be safe out there because there's hypothermia. There's there's a lot of you know things that can happen if you get wet. One of the first experiences I had on an East Texas lake was getting out there and um, not having enough rain gear, not having enough you know good rain gear on, and it was windy. And this is a, this has been a several years ago, but it was windy, and I thought I was safe as a kitten. And those waves came over the sides of the boat, and I got wet and cold and just miserable. You know?
0: Oh, that's um, that's nothing will ruin your day on the water like getting wet when it's cold
1: and windy and windy. Good rain gear, good good foul weather gear is the key. Yeah, there's a bunch of different you know brands on the market that do that. But the funny thing with, with that is that I, I've started just showing up. The guys are like, are you going duck hunting or catfishing? You know? I mean, I play to win because I, right. I, I really wear, you know, uh, I mean, I waterproof everything and um, Rocky makes a good um, you know uh, uh, bib and, and uh, um, bib and uh, jacket uh, and a parka and I, I'm just you know cover from head to the toe in water, waterproof stuff you know when it comes to catching those big fish because you never know if the weather's going to turn foul on you I mean this is Texas you know <laughs> if you don't like the weather just wait <laughs> yeah
0: so. and I mean the key is waterproof right. I, I've been out there were some stuff that I thought was good yeah
1: me too that's and, where I was going with that yeah. and
0: then you after getting pounded for an hour and a half it eventually you find out you what you've got isn't so good right and it's
1: vulnerable that that
0: will ruin your day and but good foul weather gear is a must this time of year because like you said you never know when i mean watch the weather forecast for sure but right uh you know it can happen before you know it and You'll be coming off the water or you'll be wishing you were off right. the water instead right. of enjoying
1: yourself. It's outside. miserable out there if you don't yeah. if you don't scotch guard your stuff and, and or wear waterproof gear and that's just one thing I've learned fishing cold weather weather stuff is just prepare for the foul weather because it may be right around the corner, it may be something that blows in last minute and just always have that waterproof gear and that's something that I'm very cognizant of even if it's a pleasant going to be a pleasant weekend i just having that one experience and being miserable i'm just like i'm not doing this again you know Dustin's showing up prepared next time you know and i've shown up prepared every other time since then so yes sir but uh, it's just one of those things well matt thanks so much again for um joining us and uh you have any final words
0: no man just don't uh get out and, and uh catch some fish and enjoy yourself out there. We've got a good place to do it.
1: As, I mean, there's no place like Texas, is there? I mean, I know a lot of no. people listen listen to the show outside of the state and stuff, but, I mean, we've got the best saltwater fishing and the best freshwater fishing, and the lakes are, you know, the Bassmaster Classic was held at Lake Conroe in 20, 2017, and... I mean we, we just we just have a lot of the elite Series tournaments, as you know matter held here, and you know Toledo Ben, uh, Sam Rayburn, I mean, all these awesome lakes Falcon down to South Texas, and all these all these awesome lakes we have. There's just a lot of fun to be had here is what I'm trying to say.
0: No doubt about it
1: and there he goes ladies and gentlemen mr matt williams you can check him out on um several different channels and options and places that you can find matt uh definitely a fish and uh he's been doing some youtube videos for us lately on on boating and uh on fishing and then obviously in our magazine lots of feature articles and then his column he's our freshwater editor and so his column can be read every month uh that the magazine runs which is 12 months a year and um really really good good insight from him on that kind of stuff, and, you know, I didn't want to dive too much into the Major League Fishing versus Bassmaster, you know, arena, but I thought it would be kind of controversial, but... At the same time, I think that it needs to be said when you're talking about a freshwater podcast or a, a podcast on freshwater fishing uh, in this case, because it's big news. I mean, I certainly do not take one side to, to love one over the other. I've, I've been a Bassmaster fan for a long time and um, watched the Bassmaster Classic and a lot of the Elite Series and keep up with a lot of the pro anglers, but it's just kind of interesting to see the um, the exodus over to Major League Fishing and some of the things that they've got going on there as well. So for me, I'm just kind of watching and, and learning and and letting you make up your own opinion on what you, uh, what you figure we should, uh, you know, you should think about that. That's, uh, it's one of those things like Fox news. We report, you decide, you know, so, uh, that's all I was trying to do with that. So uh, definitely no harm, no foul on any of that uh, that's going on there. I try to steer, steer clear of controversial issues like that. I'm taking a side, but I certainly love, um, just love to, to talk about the kind of trends that are in the fishing world. And that was a big one. Definitely that happened here recently. So anyway, if you're not done so already, please check out the Facebook page, uh, fish game, uh, Texas fish, and game, you can just keyword search that and you'll find uh, Texas Fishing Games Facebook page. We've got something like 59,000 followers over there. We post podcasts, post videos, post uh, articles, links to articles, and stuff like that. There, and then also we have our newsletter. You can sign up for that at fishgame.com, that is free. Uh, as well as some parts of the digital magazine are free as well. And uh, you can read the native version, I believe, for free, where you just flip the pages and stuff. I don't know how mobile-friendly that is, but it's really cool. Um, You can do it that way. And then the newsletters, again, are Tactical and Practical Tuesday, Wildlife Wednesday, and the Thursday Texas State of the Outdoor Nation. Awesome, fun newsletters, great content. One of my favorite subject lines ever. I was just going back and finding one of Capital Farm credits past uh, banner ads. Uh, in a newsletter I think we did back in February. And uh, Cindy Delana, the gal that handles our Facebook page and puts our newsletters together is the one that's in charge of coming up with the um – with the uh, the subject lines for the newsletters, and uh, she's do- has done some doozies too. She's done some good ones, but my favorite all time one was "Do seagulls taste like chicken?" <laughs> I just could not get over that one. It was one. It was a thing about uh, seagulls um, uh, interacting with fishermen and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, you know uh, those. Those kind of uh, things I don't remember exactly what the article was But does seagulls taste like chicken I'm still giggling about that So anyway thank you guys so much again for tuning in Please tell a friend Please rate the podcast five stars If you like what you hear If you don't like what you hear Obviously you can rate it whatever you want to But I try to put out a good show every couple of weeks And uh, really crank this out And get you good content Whether you're in Texas or beyond Wherever you live Um, I just love doing this show man It is cathartic uh, Meaning therapeutic for me Um, I Just all that I do to express myself in front of this microphone is just radiated in what I do in the show. And, I, you know, I've got heavy fingerprints all over the music and all the stuff that I do um, in the uh, in the show notes and stuff like that that I put together. It's a lot of work to do one of these, even every two weeks. But um, I really enjoy doing the podcast, and I really appreciate you guys checking it out and uh, telling a friend and leaving me a five-star rating on iTunes or Stitcher or um fm player or wherever you found it uh that would be that would just mean the world to me i'd love to hear your feedback connect with me as well on social media i've got a public profile you can i've got a page but Pages really aren't that big of a deal in Facebook's world anymore, so groups and uh, and posts are where you'll mainly find me, or groups and per, my personal Facebook pages where you'll mainly find me, and I've been putting out some good uh, motivational videos out there when I go to the gym uh, every couple of days, and uh, really trying to inspire and motivate and, and give spoonfuls of hope and, and uh, meaning and uh, inspiration and significance and purpose in life uh, in those videos, so I hope you'll check those out, but Dustin, D-U-S-T-I-N, you can search for my last name, W-A-R. N-C-K-E Check out all of my Facebook stuff And all of my uh, All the stuff that I'm involved in With the articles, podcast, um, uh Radio stuff And Um and uh, videos at dustinsprojects.com that's dustinsprojects.com uh, i also have an online course if you want to be a guide or an outfitter or want to do any kind of work full-time in the outdoor industry like what i do in media um that is also at dustinsprojects.com you can go check that out and that is a relatively low cost for all the content that's behind that uh, that deal so the online course is really good so anyway really appreciate you guys watching reading and listening thank you guys so much for doing so have an awesome some day in the outdoors, we'll see you next time. I can't
0: time.
1: say you didn't know, I'm nope. never giving it up. I nope. just
0: love it so much I love. I love fishing. Man, I love fishing, and that's is what I do. I can't say you didn't know, I'm nope. never giving it up. I just nope. love it so much, I
1: love. <laughs> I love fishing. Man, I love fishing, and that's is what I do.